the Baseball 365 Podcast, and here are your hosts, Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Welcome to episode 146 of the Baseball 365 Podcast. My name is Justin Hughes, and thank you for taking some time out of your day to spend with us. We are on Twitter, like everybody else is. I'm Justin, at Justin Hughes 365. Andrew is at AMCQ82, and our podcast official Twitter account is at Baseball365Pod. <clears throat> Had some plans for this week, and man, there was a lot of player movement in the news, and I decided we were going to zig instead of zag, or zag instead of zigging, whatever you want to say. And we're going to talk about a lot of the players that are in the news and the value of them that's... um of them we'll talk about the value rest of season a little as well as what we think about them for drafts in this next off season i figured while they're fresh in our mind it'd be a good time to talk about them as you know a lot of our talk right now is looking ahead to the off season as we get into doing drafts like a lot of us like andrew will get into a nfbc draft at the beginning of the off season we'll be doing draft and holds through the winter so he, he and I, we're kind of starting to, we are starting to get our minds thinking about that stuff. So we're going to talk about that, and then we're going to talk about some streaming options for pitchers for the next week. All right, Andrew, um, there's so much going on this week. I mean, man, this, this just seemed like, have we seen a week like this in the end of August? I, I can't remember anything like this before. Does anything come to your mind? No, not really. All these, the releases, and obviously there's been kind of call-ups throughout, but yeah, it's been pretty wild. Yeah, you know, the call-ups I know have to do with something that happened with the last labor deal to where, I don't know if you know it, but you may know it better than me because I was out of the, like, a little more away from the game last year, but there's something that if they've still got rookie eligibility going into next year and then win rookie of the year, the team gets something, right? Do you know what that is? Or yeah, I believe it's um, – I think they get a pick or something. I don't know the exact – I'm not sure exactly on it. There's some kind of compensation for placing for the rookie of the year. I just don't know exactly what it is offhand. Whatever it is, it's working because – Last year, we I, I do remember there were some call-ups at the end of the year. Cor- Corbin Carroll was one. And then this year, with all these names that are coming up, I mean, it's making September more fun because none of these guys would be, have been up under the old labor deal. They, they would just hold off yeah. to the, the middle of April and try to get that extra seventh year. Yeah, awesome. and I think they're, I think part of it, too, is they'll, now, with it being this late, they'll try and keep them under the at-bats yes. so they're eligible for next year. That's kind of... The game they play now. Yep. Yep. Which isn't as hard if they're waiting till September 1st, like a lot of these guys are like a, a, a few of those call-ups two weeks ago. It's like, yeah, they're, they're going to have to be a little more careful with that. But with these guys, 130 at bats, I think it is. And that's a little harder to do over. A, I mean, in a month, you'd have to play them almost every day to get to that. I think. Yeah, pretty much. So let's get into it. Um, I'm going to, like, with all the wild releases, I'm going to start off with the Angels because they're the most noteworthy here. You and I, we were both trashing the Angels for going for it when it really didn't feel like they should at the trade deadline. And it went about as bad as it could have gone for them afterwards. After the game on Wednesday night, they are 8-19 eight and, eight and 19 this month. Otani now has a torn UCL, not going to pitch the rest of the year, maybe won't pitch next year. Uh, Trout came back from the injured list and went back on it shortly after. I looked on the Angels, Giolito had a 6.89 ERA in his time there. CJ Cron has hit 217 with one home run in 14 games. And Randall Grichik, 168 with four home runs in 28 games. So... I mean, it went horribly bad, and now four weeks later, they've DFA'd everybody to save cost. I, I mean, not literally everybody, but a lot of, I mean, just about everybody they acquired a month ago. They released Giolito, Matt Moore, Reynaldo Lopez, Hunter Renfro, and Randall Grigic. I think that was on Tuesday, Wednesday this week. And um, I think they kept Cron. I wonder if he's under, still under under a deal, like he's under control for next year or something. Because I was surprised he wasn't released either. 
So here we are today. Otani's a free agent in a month and likely isn't pitching next year anyways. Trout continues to get older and continues to get hurt, unfortunately. And the organization has what many believe is the worst farm system in baseball. I mean, it's got to be a tough time. Like, got to be really tough to be an Angels fan right now. Yeah, definitely. I I mean, how much do you, maybe you know, but how much are they actually saving it by releasing these guys? I mean, let's just hypothetically say they're making 10 million a year. Let's just hypothetically say that and we know that's not the case for all these names. Right. So, a sixth of a a sixth of that would be what? 2 like yeah, less like than 1. 2 million. Point, yeah, less than 2. So, under that they'd be saving 10 to 12 million, but we know that they're not all making 10 million a year. So it's probably an average. If you took them all of four to 5 million. So that means they might be saving $5 million to do this. And for the bad pub that's coming with it, I don't know if it's worth it. Yeah. It's just so strange. Like, changing their mind like that four weeks after, going for it i don't know i mean it never made sense to begin with obviously for us but yeah pretty uh pretty crazy that they've kind of gone this route it's sad honestly it's just like what what are you doing you know what i the word i'm thinking is tone deaf and i'm taking this back to the last year whenever they released Pujols in the way they did it just felt like tone deaf for a guy that yes Pujols was well past his prime but it was more the way they did it Right in the like at the beginning of the year, the way they did it just left a bad taste in the mouth. And then going into this year, you know, they again tone deaf decided to buy to go for it whenever it was clear that the odd like they needed to sell. And instead, they did the opposite. Their farm system's the worst in baseball. And here, here, and now everybody's gone. I mean, I, 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 somebody asked. And it was said in one of our chats is is like um, the the Angels could offer Otani a billion dollars and he probably still wouldn't sign it, which I don't know if I agree with that. But I mean, if you're Otani after all this, I mean, surely you're just wanting to get out of there. Surely. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how can you want to stay there? And I mean, I can't imagine that Trout is loving life either. No. You know, that that really sucks for him. That's a guy who played in the playoffs his like either his rookie year or his second year and this guy may never play in the playoffs again yeah yeah it's they're gonna be the worst team in baseball for a while i think so yeah it stinks anyways the guardians jumped in on the angels dump off here um they're five games out of first right now and they made waiver claims and won the rights to Lucas Giolito, Reynaldo Lopez, and Matt Moore. Props to them for taking the shot. I mean, only five games out of the Twins who, it's not like are running away with this thing here. I've seen wilder things happen at this time of year. Good for them. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's kind of funny how Giolito and Reynaldo Lopez just keep going from team to team together. I hadn't even put but, that uh, together until somebody mentioned that in our chat. And I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is every, I mean, from the Nationals to the White Sox to the Angels, now to Cleveland. It's pretty crazy. But I, and you know, going to the Guardians, um, you know, I saw a great tweet about 20 minutes before we started recording from this Angels fan who I think is a great follow. I, I think he's just an Angels fan, but he, um, said Lucas Giolito and Ronaldo Lopez now that they're in the Guardians pitching lab. And it had pictures below, except instead of them two, it was a picture of Pedro Martinez and Mariano Rivera. <laughs> Gave me a good <laughs> laugh. Because, <laughs> yeah, the Guardians have a good track record with pitching, minus Noah Syndergaard. You know, they're not miracle workers. But does Giolito go in there, give you some hope for this last month of the year if you had them? Do you think that this... This got to be a good thing, right? Uh, I mean, maybe. Short sample in a month. I mean, Correct. I think I think there's really any. It could go any direction, but 
It's probably not a bad thing going there. No, the way I look at it is it could be nothing, but it could be a good thing. I mean, he's already been bad this month, like I mentioned before, but um, I thought I'd play a him or him game with Giolito, and this is more going ahead past this year. So this is going into the off season. We don't know where he's going to sign. We don't know what he's going to do. But, I mean, we're just going to get a little bit of data here, and then we're going to be drafting in November and doing some draft and holds. So I thought I'd play a Giolito game, um, him or him game, and I, I wrote some names down. I'm going to try to see where you land on them and see if I can move around from there. But I'm going to start off with Brian Wu, a guy we were talking about just last week. Would you rather have Giolito or Wu? Are you, You're saying for, for, like, next season? Yes. Whoa. Okay. Um, moving down here. What about Charlie Morton? Morton. He's been awesome lately. The guy, the guy goes, gets so hot and cold. And another yeah. guy, another guy that's hot right now is John Gray. I would take Gray. What about Lance Lynn? Who's not been hot this eh, year? That one's—he's been good on the Dodgers, but that one's probably pretty close. It's okay. a lot closer. So that's a round where we're looking. I'll throw in a couple more names here, see if we can get you to take Giolito clearly over one of them, like Savali, who's been pretty good for Tampa Bay. I'd take Savali. What about Carlos Rodon and his barking injuries? God, who knows? Depends on his health, but we won't know. I think I would. I think I would probably take the shot on Rodon. I mean, as long as he was healthy, like going into the season. Okay, one of your one of your boys here, Mackenzie Gore. Um, I think that one's close. Yeah, I'm not really sure which way I would go. And then Brandon Font, who's pitched well until last night against the Dodgers. I'd take Giolito over Font. Okay, so. Couple names we said you'd be right around would be Gray and I think Rodone there. I think that's I think that's a pretty good spot for him. So yeah, um, somewhere in there. That that to me, I don't know exactly what that is, but I would think like once somewhere in the one seventy five to twenty five range, somewhere in that kind of area. Is that kind of it, like we don't have numbers, but does that maybe sound ballpark? Yeah, yeah, maybe pick two hundred somewhere in there. All right, let's move on here. We got Hunter Renfro. He's had a really good year in Milwaukee last year. I um, hit 29 home runs in 125 games. And the previous year, he had 31 in Boston, home runs, that is. And this year, the power's dipped a little bit. He has 19 homers in 126 games. And his WRC Plus is actually below 100 at 98 after it was at 123 and 113 in the previous two years. And he was picked up by the Reds. As was Harrison Bader, and we'll get to the Yankees stuff here in a bit because there's a lot of good stuff to talk about there. But there's a lot of bats on that Reds roster, um, but they do have injuries right now, and the outfield does seem to be the weaker part of their lineup at the moment. So are either or both of these guys, do you think they're going to be playing every day for this team? They have a great ballpark, um, and I'm wondering if their value would go up if they were in that lineup. But starting off, do you think... Do you think these guys are going to be playing most games? Um, I would think I would think that they play a good bit. Yeah, I, they've been banged up. I don't know about quite every day, but um, definitely against lefties. And you know, we'll see about the see about the rest. I just pulled up their roster resource page when I was looking this afternoon. They weren't on the roster yet, and now they're there. And I mean. They don't know either yet for sure, but they have Renfro in there at right field, but um, and Bader right now is a bench guy. But you know, Nick Martinez, their DH, TJ Friedel, Will Benson. I I do think Bader could work his way in there. I mean, we'll see. Yeah, yeah, Bader will definitely play some. They'll they'll both play. I think Benson doesn't really play against lefties, so mm-hmm. yeah, um, Bader's definitely playing against lefties. Yeah, yep. So um, Renfro, we'll talk about him. His ADP was 143 this last year. I forgot it was that high. And 
I'd imagine unless he lands in some incredible situation, that ADP is probably going to drop this offseason. Would you agree that with that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to be double that. You think so? Yeah. Le- yeah. I-, I could see it getting into the 300s. Ooh, 300s. I was thinking it might get it like somewhere in the twos, 300s. I mean, if he's in Cincy, then maybe it's <laughs> – but I-, I think it's going to drop a lot. Yeah, he just hasn't been good. So I did a, I have got a few names I pulled up on it for a him or him, and I have a feeling I might have needed to go further down then because I started off with Jordan Walker. I mean, that must be clearly Walker. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not right. even close. I think I'm going to be moving down this list with him a while. Riley Green? Yeah, Riley Green. Conforto? Signed with the Mets through next year, but though he can opt out after this year. I mean the Giants. Sorry, my bad. I said the Mets there, but I meant Giants. Uh, I would Conforto or Renfro. I don't know. Neither. Is that an option? <laughs> okay. So we're getting in a range here. <laughs> um, Jared Kelnick, who, you know, started the year on fire and then was pretty dreadful there for the, the next couple months. Yeah, they're just different players, but I think I would probably like all things equal. I think I'd probably go with Kelnick. But we're probably. It sounds like this is the area we're talking. Just yeah. Like saying. Yeah. I mean, I think Walker and Green are far ahead of these guys. So. Yeah, uh, those were definitely the top, and I worked my way down. I had more like Brandon Marsh and Harrison Bader, but it sounds like we're talking about that kind of. Kind of depends. It depends a little bit too with like landing spot. You know, I mean, team context and stuff is always important, but. We may not know that till January, February. That's the problem. Yeah. And you and I, we're going to be doing drafts before then. Yeah. Um, With the Bader news, let's talk about the Yankees now because this is exciting stuff. Um, Jason Dominguez and Austin Wells are rumored to be coming up on Friday, according, I think it was to Brian Hawk um, with the, um, actually, I don't even know who he's with, but either way. Um, Dominguez and Wells are up and are trying to earn themselves a spot for the 2024 roster along with Everson Pereira, who was, I think came up about, uh, 10 to 14 days ago between double A and triple A. Um, Wells is hit in the 240, 250 range with 16 home runs and 91 games walked at a 11% rate in both stops. And he's kept the strikeouts at a reasonable 23% range in both stops. So starting with him, how aggressive do you think you'd be in grabbing him this weekend? You know, I think it mostly depends. I'm not actually sure where he's eligible position-wise. Surely it's catcher um, because he's played there mostly, hasn't he? No, I I think he's split time. Um, he Actually, he is catcher on NFBC. I just, okay. just look at so, yeah, that's – I mean, I think that – yeah, I might be bid on him. Um, I don't know how many guys that he's an upgrade over, but there's a lot of bad second catchers. Yeah. So, it, yeah, I mean, it kind of depends on who your second catcher is, I guess. Yeah. Would, well, I'm trying to think of – who and I didn't write I did not do a him or him game for him so but I would think he's got a shot to be a good second catcher on most teams unless somebody's just absolutely loaded and went it just worked out maybe you took Jonah Heim as your second catcher and you've got him and some other stud should be a good opportunity yeah maybe I mean there's only a month left too and like yes is he playing every day and like how much there's the thing with guys now with pickups is it's so much just about as many at bats as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Like I like him as a player, but you can't really like wait anymore. You know, I guess that's what I'm saying is like the um, when you're picking these guys up, like they've got to be getting. You know, if he's hitting at the bottom of the lineup, even if he's playing most days. I don't know like how impactful that's going to be in a month. That's fair. you know, um, so yeah, I there's really not too many hitters period right now that I feel like you can pick up and they're going to make a major impact for you. It's almost like 
I'm just trying to stream week to week and get like the full week, the seven game week um, or guys that are facing like if they're a lefty, they're facing a lot of righties, stuff like that. So I'm, I'm, I care a lot less this time of year about who's more talented and all of that because like Austin Wells could be really good. I like him, but the, in the next month, it's just such a sprint that like his long term outlook doesn't really affect me right now you know, like chasing the next month. Do you think that let's, let's go beyond this year then and ask you about 2024. Could you see the Yankees actually leaving a spot open for him for that spot for next year? Like how good would he need to be in this next month for that to happen? Because this is the New York Yankees. Yeah. We were kind of mentioning the other day. It's like, I like, and we were, talking more about Dominguez and Pereira, but just throw Wells in there too. I like these guys as prospects, but I I don't know how much I can see them going into a season and just being like, that's the plan. Like all these young kids, we're just going to roll with that and let it kind of settle as it, as it may. I don't know. It's I, not natural for them. I, I have a hard time believing that they're just going to roll with all these guys because then the volatility, I mean, it's just at an all time high, you know, and Yankees don't typically play that game. So I think that they all are good players that could be a part of their future, but you know how it is with prospects. I mean, one's good, one busts, one's good, one busts, you know, it's, I don't know. I just don't know if they can comfortably lean on that going into next season as like their uh, as a core part of their team. So I'm with you. I kind of think that like if I was guessing what would happen is between these three guys, there there may be one spot, and they'll still have some older veteran that they're prop like signed to a minor league deal that could come in and take that spot anyways. If if they're not if they're not confident enough that these guys could be it. So, yeah. yeah, I think I'm with you there. So let's talk about Pereira and Dominguez then. Um, I don't think we'll know for sure at the beginning of this offseason what it's going to look like for them for next year. Like, do you, what kind of draft range do you think you could see them being in where you'd be in on them? Or do you think that they might get overhyped? And, I mean, I guess a lot depends on what they do this next month. But where do you think they'd have to be for you to be interested in drafting holds next year? Or redrafts, like regular redrafts, if, like, let's say Dominguez finishes hot here. I don't know. It's it's really hard to say because I don't think it's going to be high enough that it's as clear-cut. And when you get to, like, round, you know, when you get past, like, round 15, round 20 – it becomes a lot more fluid. So like the difference between a round 20 pick and a round 30 pick isn't the same as like a round 10 and a round 20, you know, sure. I just, it's just very fluid in that range. So I'm, I'm not really sure um, at the moment. I mean, it's going to be nice to see them play for the next month. Uh, obviously what the, what they do in the off season or, you know, kind of what kind of buzz we're hearing about who's going to be starting. It's just, there's so much TVD on it. I, I, I don't know. I, it's just too early to say really. Yeah. We're just speculating here. I like Dominguez. I wonder if he could be in that Ellie De La Cruz spot that he was in last year, which maybe hired because you know, Ellie, well, Ellie, Ellie wasn't even up. So. Yeah. That's a, that's a good point. I guess it depends again on what Dominguez does this next month. If he, if he sucks, if he's striking out too much and he looks overmatched, he might be in that spot because no one's going to be thinking he's going to be on their opening day lineup. But, I, yeah, if he plays well, I mean, I wonder how high he could get in these drafts if, let's just say, he goes bonkers in this next month. That guy's probably like a... Oh, yeah. He'll shoot way up. 100, 100. Like, I'm wondering what his highest he could get himself. Like, if 100th percentile... I think he could pro I think he could probably get to like 
seventh or eighth round. Yeah, I I, I was thinking about seventy. I mean, if he if he went if he just went crazy for the next month. Yeah. Yeah, I think I would say like seventh round. Yeah, I, I I'm not too far off there. I was sitting there thinking maybe somewhere in the seventy five to hundred range, which is a couple rounds earlier. But again, I I was overly optimistic last week too. So, but he al- but he also could be. In the twenties, like round like round twenty five. Yeah, I mean, if it's just bad and then back down, you know, I it's just very volatile. Wide range of outcomes, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, moving around the league, other releases that happened in the last few days: Carlos Carrasco by the Mets, Noah Syndergaard by the Guardians, Jerks and Profar for the Rockies. Um, do you have any hope left for any of these guys? Um, I will say Carrasco, it was just a year ago. He had a sub four ERA, but he's been brutal this year and hasn't been good for the, um, the other guys haven't been good either. No, not really. I, anytime I've seen any of these guys available to pick up or stream, I kind of just scroll on past. (laughs) I think they're all cooked pretty much. Yeah. If Jerks and Profar is playing for the Rockies and he's not getting it done, it's probably not going to happen. And Noah Syndergaard is on the pitching side of the Rockies with the Guardians, and it didn't work. So, yeah, I'm with you there. Yeah. All right, let's talk about some more call-ups this week. Um, I'll start with the Rockies and Hunter Goodman, who came up through the organization as a catcher, but he's mostly played first base and some outfield this year with a few games sprinkled in at catcher. He had 34 home runs in 106 games in the minors this year between double-A and triple-A. And that double-A park for Colorado, I don't know, I can't tell you where the name is right off the bat, but it's not its not a hitter's park. Like the rest of the Rockies minor league stadiums are very extreme hitting hit, hitter's parks. And in that double-A park, that's where he's hit 25 of those 34 homers. So with the Rockies so far this week, he's mostly been at left field. But he's catcher eligible in Fantrax leagues. He's only first base in NFBC. Do you think you could? Do you think you'll be making some claims in on him and like your NFBC? Do you think you'll be going after him, or maybe not? So I much? thought I thought he was playing first base, isn't he? Yeah. I thought he I saw him in the outfield. I might be wrong. He definitely played first base yesterday, but I don't know. Maybe. Maybe he's done both. I'm, I'm pulling it up yeah. right now. Um, I think more interested, obviously, if he's catcher eligible, which he is on fan tracks, but isn't on NFPC. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't see why he won't be productive, I guess. I mean, it's Colorado. It, he's had an awesome year. There's no reason to not play him. They called him up. I mean, yeah, I, th- I think he can be pretty productive, even even as like a corner guy, I mean, I don't think he necessarily has to have catcher, but as as a catcher, I mean, he's definitely got some value for the rest of the year. Yeah, Especially like I was telling you, I was telling you before you record, we started recording. I have him in RM two, and I started him over Francisco Alvarez this week. So I mean, or this lineup period. I mean, Francisco Alvarez was sitting on Monday or Tuesday, whatever it was, when it locked, and I was like, yeah, I'm just going to put Goodman in. And he's at home, and I don't anticipate necessarily doing that every period, but just kind of gives you an idea. I mean, there's a lot of catchers I would start Hunter Goodman over. Yeah, for sure. Um, would like if you have Goodman and Wells available in a league where they're both catcher eligible, are you picking up Goodman first? Probably, yeah. Yeah. I think I, I don't. I, I don't think it has anything to do with like long term, but I think in the for the next month, I think I would. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that for the sprint, yes, but the long term, that could be different. Yeah, unless Goodman blows up, I'm thinking he's probably like one of those early reserve round or like reserve round picks next year if he doesn't play great the rest of the run. And I doubt the Rockies. I doubt the Rockies would keep an open spot for him, just because they don't typically. I, they don't have a history of being patient with guys if they struggle. I kind of like the idea of getting a re, him in the reserve rounds in these draft and holds if he's available, though. Um, the comp I think I heard on him once, and I thought it was a good one, was like a C.J. Crone type of player. And in Colorado, that plays. 
Yeah, it does. I don't think you're getting that in the reserve rounds, personally. You think um, he'll go sooner? As long as they're committed to playing him, yeah. I mean, we'll see. But, yeah, I could see him going going sooner, depending on what he does for this next month. Hmm. You know who I'm thinking of that was a guy you were in on a couple of years ago when he was a rookie coming up. They, they wasn't certain if he was going to be up opening day. And if you're saying he's not a reserve round, that kind of makes me think of that Pete um not Pete Alonzo, um, Andrew Vaughn range. When I, I think it was 21 when he was just coming up. And I think he was like a 16th to 18th round pick. And yeah, maybe that's, yeah. maybe that's more of a spot then. Yeah, possibly. I, be curious to see what he does the rest of the year and kind of where he fits in like going forward but i think if he's projected to be in the lineup next season i think he's gonna have a fairly decent adp like even as a corner bat because there's i mean everyday playing time in cores as a corner bat with the year he's coming off of i mean i i don't think that's gonna go unnoticed really Man, I can't help but feel a little worried about if he gets into the starting roles, like into the 16th, 18th round for the fact that I've just seen this with the Rockies too much, where all of a sudden in March they signed Mike Moustakas back to their team. (laughs) And then Goodman's down there in the minors. I like Goodman, and if I knew, like I felt more confident he was going to get that playing time, I, I like the idea of drafting him. But man, I just hate that Rockies organization for do, doing. But like, like that. but like CJ Cron was going in round like ten. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think sixteen to eighteen is pretty fair. Agreed. If we think we can get that, but again, it's going to come down to some of that, some of the what he does the rest of the year and how locked in he is too. So moving on, another pretty bold, pretty notable comp, um, call up this week was Boston outfielder, uh, I, I, Rafaela. I'm just going to say that. Do you know how to pronounce his name? I believe it's Sedane Rafaela. I am That's glad I, I let you start that. Sedane <laughs> yeah. Rafaela. Pretty sure that's right. Okay. Um, he shot up prospect ranks on fantasy sites this year, um, hitting right at 300 and 408 at bats between Double A and Triple A, with 20 homers and 36 steals. So there's a lot of fantasy goodness here. Doesn't walk much. I saw like a sub six percent walk rate at every stop the last few years. But there's a good hit tool here with some pop and speed. I am not like I haven't followed this guy. Too closely this year. I think you've paid more attention than me. What can you tell me about Rafaela and what you see about like the possible upside in this guy? Yeah, I think there's a ton of upside. I was kind of surprised to see him leading off. I think it was yesterday or the day before, but um, just that quickly, you know. I mean, it was like his second game or whatever. But yeah, I mean, power and speed, Boston. Like, if he's hitting anywhere near the top of the lineup, which I think that there's a path that he is. Um, yeah, I mean, he sky's the limit in some ways. You know, he's typically been pretty young for the level. And, um, yeah, I just think there's a lot there. He's a good, good defender, too. He's fast. A lot of athleticism. I've made the joke like next Mookie bets with some of the Boston guys, which obviously that's, that's the dream. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I think he has a lot of, a lot of upside. We'll see if it comes, comes together. But um, yeah, I, I think it's somebody I could see myself being in on in redraft and all of that. But again, like some of these kids coming up, I think the next month will determine in a lot of ways kind of where they go. I mean, and, and it probably shouldn't, honestly, but it'll have a lot to do with it, I think. So we'll see what he does. And But, yeah, I think he could get fairly high, especially if he's considered a starter for them going into next season, which I don't really see why he wouldn't be unless he's just terrible and they send him down. So what do you think is like 80th or 100th percentile upside is? Like a second, third rounder higher than that? Like how good you mean, do you think he could be? Like you mean like next season? No, I'm talking about like in the next few years. 
Uh, I mean, because I, yeah, I haven't I think, followed I th- him too closely. I think he could get pretty high. Like to see him start taking more walks and stuff. But mm-hmm. yeah, the fantasy, the fantasy tools are there. You know, like power and speed. And, yeah, you, I think he. Could, I think he could get pretty high. Do you think that? Um, so, like, if you were making a prospect ranks, do you think he'd be like a top twenty-five guy for you then? Off the top of my head, probably, yeah. I, I would say maybe somewhere in the 15 to 25 range. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, I, I, I think he could be awesome, yeah. All right, you guys heard it here. Andrew said that he will be Mookie Betts and a second, third-round pick. <laughs> you heard it? <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. Don't, don't hold me to that, but yeah, I, I think he has a chance to be really good. That's interesting. I need to pay more attention to him. I've seen his name and I've read some blurbs, but I honestly, I haven't had shares. He's been owned in my dynasty leagues and I hadn't followed him too closely outside of, I just knew he was popping up and playing real well. The other thing is too, I I feel like it's a good time right now for Boston to just kind of see what he has, you know, it's, and like, they're, I don't know, like, what are they rolling out? Obviously Yoshida, Verdugo and Duvall. Right? Is that, yeah, that that's the outfield? Right. I'm pulling up their roster right now. So yes, Verdugo and you know, they've got with... Justin Turner DH in most days. I mean, yep. I don't know. I just think it's time to add some more juice to that lineup, and I think he brings it. So we'll see. I mean, any young kid can disappoint or bust, but yeah, I think there's. I think it's just a good, good time to see what he's got, and think he could be pretty good. Where are they at in the wild card standing? I saw they were four games over 500. In the wild card, they're six and a half out. So they're on the fringe there. That's for sure. Yeah. So maybe after, a, if they fall a little further behind or don't make any ground in the next week or two, we could see some more of him coming in there. All right. Final call up I have is Ronnie Mauricio. He feels like he's been in the minors for a decade, and in reality, looking him up, he's been playing in that organization since 2018. Ronnie's been in AAA this entire season, and he's hit 292 with 23 home runs and 24 steals. Oddly, with those good stats, I was surprised to see his WRC plus at only 107. So, how do you feel about Mauricio, the prospect? Very toolsy. I wonder how quickly it'll translate to the bigs. Um, he has cut the K rate quite a bit the last couple of years. So, yeah, I I like him. I mean, anytime you can get these young, I was saying this to somebody just the other day, but it's like some of these guys. I feel like there's people out there that try to just find what they can't do. I was thinking more along the lines with the Dominguez, but I mean, you could say it about any of these guys, like just being negative on prospects that, you know, swing and miss or whatever, but he's cut that down. And, um, I don't know. I, I kind of sometimes just think like, let's see what these guys got, you know, and maybe it's nothing, but maybe they're a star. And, um, yeah, I'm interested to see how, how it plays out with him again. Mets obviously disaster of a year, so probably a good time to see what what Mauricio has for the next month and kind of go from there into the off season. Yeah, there, you know, Mauricio's played all over the field this year. He's been at second, short, left field, and he's getting an opportunity to show that he deserves. He can be in their twenty twenty four plans, but the Mets are another one of those big market teams with um, Steve Cohen, an owner that wants to win and will spend to get there, like. Kind of like the Yankees, I'm asking this question, like how good does he have to be to actually get himself one of these spots? Like I feel like a couple years ago the Mets were a different organization and I would have felt more like, yeah, they'll give him a chance to win a spot. But with Cohen, he's shown he'll he'll just keep throwing money over bad money just to get guys in there that he thinks can are more likely right. to help him win. Right, right. Yeah, no, it, it may be a thing where he plays for the next month and then doesn't start – next season in the majors. I mean, I could see that. Yeah. So let's talk about these guys and ranking them for fab this weekend. Cause a lot of these guys are going to be available to be picked up for the first time. Like Dominguez, Austin Wells, Rafaela, 
Goodman and Mauricio here. Like, who is who would you be most aggressive in on that group, or who do you think could be the most valuable? Just for the next month? Yeah, we're talking Fab this weekend for the rest of the year. I think I would take Goodman, actually. As long as long as I mean, especially if he's a catcher. Yeah. Um but I mean I, I really like taking a shot on Rafael and Dominguez too. Either one of them they would be. But again, it it really it's just it right now it's just at bats. I I, I actually don't even well, for one, I don't have a lot of fab left. And I think that most teams in like highly competitive leagues don't have a lot of fab left right now if they've done it right. Because um, there's a lot of teams without, you know, like the bids have just gotten in- incrementally smaller as mm-hmm. the season's gone on. And like winning bids now on stud players in a lot of my NFBC leagues are you know, 14, 15 bucks, maybe, you know, they're just not that much in compared where, you know, in April they'd be 200. So, um, I don't, to me, it kind of just comes down to at bats right now. And I'm probably most confident that Goodman will get them, but that could be wrong. I mean, it's just, it's one of those things you're kind of splitting hairs and it's like, I'm going to have them all in my list most likely and whichever one I get I get you know it may not it may not be any of them but yeah I'd probably go Goodman Rafaela Dominguez and then the other two behind that I'm with you that's pretty much how I'd rank them too and again I agree I think it comes down to a bats um Colton Cow- I do think real quick I yeah. do think that any of them could be the best over the next month I mean even even like Wells or Mauricio, it's just kind of what position you need, what stats you need, stuff like that. If you need steals, maybe you don't go with Goodman, you go with Dominguez or Rafaela. So, so Kowser was just recalled by Baltimore. He's getting a second um, chance here, and if he was dropped, would you rank him over any of those top three, let me say? I don't think so. I'm not as convinced he's going to play. Yeah, with that that's a team that's competing. So I honestly yeah. he might be last on this list. Even though yeah. it's funny, Goodman's probably the guy that Dynasty long term I probably have last on this list. But when we're talking a month and we're talking about playing time, yeah, I'm with you. He's number one right now for rest of season. Yeah, and I mean he he's done the thing with Goodman too is he's done well in the upper minors and yeah, hitters park, but hitters park he's He's in cores, you know. So, yeah, I think I think it would I would go that route. But yeah, Kowser, Kowser, I'm not really interested in short term. I still think he's a good prospect, but I want to see him like playing all the time. You know, it's when he was up the last time, and I'm not saying it'll be the same, but it was just in and out of the lineup and not playing a ton. So, yep, agreed. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back. We've got a few pitching streaming options we're going to talk about before we get out of here. All right, so these guys all have to be under 50% owned as I went and looked at pitcher options for next week. And I found, what do I got here? Five names that I pulled up that are under 50% owned um, that I thought would be options to be picked up. And let's talk about these guys I and see which one you would recommend to be picked up here. And the first name we got is Cutter Crawford, who has made this list before. He's 49% owned, so he's just under 50%. But he's at Tampa on Tuesday, and they have an off day Thursday, so he might not get two starts. But if he did, the second one would be against Baltimore at home. And the first guy we're going to put him up against is Javier Assad with the Cubs. He's 44% owned, and he's at home versus Arizona. And looking into him, he's been pretty good since he moved into the rotation. 
hasn't given up, given up more than two runs in any of his five starts. Now he's built up some stamina and he's throwing 90-plus pitches. So starting off here, we got Crawford at Tampa Tuesday, possibly at home Baltimore on the, on the weekend, but Tampa's the guaranteed start. And then you got Javier Assad home Arizona. So which of those two, between those two, would you take? I would go with Assad for I, those two. I agree with you. Um, we're going to put him up next against Darius Vines, who had a solid first start for the Braves in Coors Field on Wednesday. He threw six innings, two runs, four hits, one walk, and five strikeouts, earning the win. And he could stick in the rotation for this next week. The Braves, I think, still need another pitcher. He threw 140 innings in the minors last year between AA and AAA. And looking into it, it looks like him this year, he missed the first half of the year with shoulder inflammation and it only has only pitched 43 innings so far, but he's been decent. And his next term in the rotation right now would be the Cardinals on Tuesday. I guess he could be a two-start because he would be, he could be have a possibly a second start against at home against Pittsburgh. And those are two great matchups, but the Braves also have an off day Monday and could use him different. But that said, even one start against one of those two teams looks pretty good. So there's a lot of unknown, though. So would you take a sod or vines? I, man, I think, I think you got to go for vines. Like with the. That could be two wins. I mean, you're, I mean, you're going to know, you're going to know by Sunday or Monday if he's, if he's pitching Tuesday. Let's just say he's pitching Tuesday, Wednesday. If he's pitching Tuesday, I'm taking him a hundred percent. Yeah. Those are great matchups for him. Yeah, two at home, and he started good. And then the Braves, like the chance of a win. Yeah, definitely him. I agree. Okay, so we got Vines here. Uh, so we got Vines, Assad Crawford as our rankings. Let's move Brandon Williamson for the Reds, who's 48% owned, who right now is scheduled at home against St. Louis next weekend. He has a 3.67 ERA and a 1.04 whip and 39 strikeouts in 34 innings over his last 30 days. Last start was at San Francisco, and he did give up five runs, only three of them earned in six innings. But it, he, he would be facing St. Louis at home. I think he's got to start this weekend in between. But how would you put Williamson in there? Uh, I would probably – he's been he's been getting a lot better. He's yeah. been good for a little bit here and good for strikeouts. You said it was home. Yeah, home St. Louis. I actually would rather be on the road with him. Um, oh, that's true. I, didn't I would go – I would probably go Vines still over him What about with the, two, with the two starts. What about Assad versus Williamson? I think that's pretty close either okay. way. Yeah. Okay. So right now we're Vines and then kind of a combo of Assad Williamson and then Crawford. And I got one more name to throw in here. Um, I would probably go. I would probably go. Um, I think I'd go Williamson over Assad, but okay. it, clo- real close. Okay, so there we go. And we got one last name, and that's Reese Olson, who is another one we've talked about a lot whenever we do this segment. He's got a 5.1 ERA for the year and 5.96 in the last 30 days. Gave up only one run to the Yankees in his last start with 10 strikeouts, but that was, he walked four in four and a third. But he does have a nice matchup next week at home against the White Sox, who, you know, you've jokingly said, start everybody against the White Sox for the last month or two. How would he rank on this list? Yeah, I think I would take him over everybody but Vines. Okay. I would just do it if he's... Taking the match. Um, I mean, yeah, like the White Sox are just such a dumpster fire. If it, if it's anybody that has a pulse, and I know he's struggled some, but it's not like these other guys are knocking it out of the park completely. I think I would take the match up there, and even over Williamson, who's like in the band box, you know. And I want to say off the top of my head that the Cardinals hit lefties pretty decent. So they do have a lot of right-handed bats. So uh, yeah, and. Yeah, I could I can buy that. So okay. Yeah. So I think I'd go Vines, then Olsen. I, when I see White Sox on the 
on the schedule these days, I'm kind of like, get that guy in my lineup. And I try and <laughs> try and figure out a way to do it. They're the anti Braves. When you see the Braves are in the lineup or oh, a, yeah. the op- opponent for just about anybody, it's get them out of my lineup. Yeah. I benched um, um, Logan Webb twice in my daily league in the last week because both stars were against the Braves. I'm just like, nope, not letting my ratios get cooked by him, them. And yeah. it was the right move both times. He was not great. So there you go. Vines and then Olsen and then Assad Williamson, kind of a combo right there, and then Cutter Crawford. So there's five names for you guys if you're looking for some arms to grab for next week. I think that's a pretty good list of options right there. I honestly would be yeah, pretty I happy with if, any of them. Uh, man, I think if, if Vines is getting those two starts, I'm going to be – I'm definitely going to be bidding on that in my NFC in my main event. Yeah. So look into that over the weekend. I mean, we're recording this on Thursday yeah. night. We should know more by Saturday, Sunday, you would think. Yeah, I usually check that stuff out on Sunday morning when I can, so I'll be looking at that. Something to look to. So there we go. Um, Andrew, we're getting into Labor Day weekend. I guess we've got a month left, but it's also a holiday weekend. You got anything fun you're doing this weekend? Um, just plans with some friends and yeah, that's about it. That's, that's good. Nothing crazy. This is the last weekend of our pool being open. Then we you know it's been kind of cool this week, but I think it's supposed to be a little hotter this weekend. So I'm definitely taking my daughter and getting some swimming time in for the last time because after that waiting nine more months, it's been a great summer for yeah. swimming. <laughs> she's six years old now and she's just all about swimming and I love getting out there too. It's just been a fun summer of getting out there in the pool. Where do you guys swim at? Where um, is it? Is it local? Yeah, local pool. Or like a local pool. Community pool right there across the street. So we just go there all the time. Cool. Yeah. It's good fun. stuff, but it's almost over. Summer's almost ending. Baseball's almost ending. But that also means fall's coming. And that means at least we got football starting and we'll be doing some drafts soon. For baseball, yeah, that is. Absolutely. We just yep. finished the football auction. So, anyways, I hope everybody has a good Labor Day weekend. We'll be back next week. And I think the plan right now is to do some uh, him or him games. So, I'm going to look into some just him or him games with some more American League and National League players. I think that's my hope to what we will probably do next, unless we just get a barrage of more news. <laughs> so, until next week. Thanks for listening, and take care, everybody. Yeah, take care, guys. Thanks again for listening to the Baseball 365 podcast with Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Be sure to check the show notes for all the details on today's episode, along with quick links to Facebook and Twitter. If you have a question, a comment, or a suggestion, we would love to hear from you. You can find us at the Baseball 365 Facebook group or send an email to us baseball365pod at gmail.com and if you like the show take a moment write us on itunes and once again please join the baseball 365 community on facebook that's where baseball lives 365 days a year 